to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and we are so happy that you're here joining us. Beauty will save the world, so says Russian author Fyodor Dostoevsky. We only have to watch a crimson sunset at the beach or turn to admire the fresh white snow sparkling from evergreen boughs to remember how important beauty is in our lives. Why not consider bringing beauty in, into the ways we think and act, into our families and into our homes? In this episode, we are wrapping up our homemaking series with a refreshing look at the theme undercutting all the others we've been discussing, namely that we need beauty and the truth it speaks into our souls every day. But first, let's get to our etiquette tip of the week. And this week, Lindsay, I'm wondering about table settings and if Emily Post has anything to say about where our plates and cutlery should go because we're getting into the holiday season, all these holiday parties are coming up. It would be really handy to know these things. She sure does. And she uses a handy little acronym, which is the word FORKS. And so if we look at the word FORKS and pretend you're looking down at your table and we're going to go from left to right. So on the left-hand side, the F stands for your fork. <laughs> and then the O in forks is the shape of the dinner plate. And then the R, okay, that means nothing, but they needed to add it in. So ignore the R. <laughs> and then the K stands for knife and the S stands for spoon. And then with your left hand, you can do a little lowercase B. And that B reminds you that the bread plate goes up and over uh, to the left side of the table setting. And then with your right hand, you do a lowercase D. And that reminds you that your drink goes then to the upper right corner. And then she also reminds us that the knife always is turned the knife blade and it faces the plate and that your napkin is folded and it goes to the left of the fork on the far left hand side or right onto the plate and that a knife for the bread and butter is optional so this is your basic table setup this is not the elaborate table setup but this is your regular standard sunday night dinner table setup so remember forks okay that's good i think i've been doing the I've been putting the napkin on the right side. Yes, me too. Under the knife and spoon. Nope. And I I do hesitate with the butter knife every time on which way to face the blade out. I stand there and flip it back and forth. So now I know. I'll never forget. Yeah, that's really handy. And I remember... um, Like a a couple of these things, like a lot of it lends itself to common sense if you're thinking about how people are eating Mm -hmm. and reaching for the things that they need, right? Yep. Yep. And then there's so much more detail you can get into with if you're using a water goblet, wine glass, double old fashioned, that type of thing. Um, But for right now, I think it's just a good basic reminder of how to set it. And now apparently, as a little anecdote, um, Emily Post often got confused herself while dining and would grab the wrong bread plate. She would grab her neighbors and then she was always very smooth about it. And she would just say, oh, pardon me would you like would you care to have mine is how she handled it and we just pass hers down so she even made a mistake (laughs) oh that is very comforting to know Mm -hmm. (laughs) after diving into all these emily post um advice and observances to know that even the best of the best uh make mistakes sometimes there's hope for the rest of us yes and i now want bread knives i was just thinking you know those little ones do you know what do you know what they look Mm -hmm. like um with a little pointy top and they're short right like now i need to add those to my dinner party list 
considering making a house a home, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge our desire to add beautiful things to our spaces and our lives. So today we're chatting about beauty and the homemaker. And Lindsay, we were talking about this earlier, that there is a really strong connection between these two things, us and our desire for the beautiful. Yeah, you know what? As we were talking, we realized like we believe that the homemaker um, has this like unique gift of bringing beauty into the world. And you know, this to me is is proven by our obsession with Pinterest and Instagram and home and garden television. So like even though we think we've relaxed our standards over the years, um, when we compare ourselves maybe to the 1950s housewife, we do think we've relaxed our standards. We're still so clearly drawn to creating a beautiful life. And when we look at beauty you know it lifts our hearts it lifts our moods encourages the arts and creativity promotes skilled workers and lost trades like like plaster work those beautifully molded ceilings um, and and masonry like the actual art of masonry so when we look at it beauty really is timeless Mm -hmm. you even notice that too when you're uh considering major landmarks around the world like what are the things that are still drawing people after thousands of years mm-hmm, and what absolutely. is it about those things right yeah i was going to say from your uh from your trip earlier mm-hmm. in the fall you were talking about uh the the churches in Quebec even. Absolutely. I I hate to be negative, but in the Catholic Church, we've been using the word recovations. And I suspect it's not just the Catholic Church that feels this way about their beautiful old buildings, but a lot mm-hmm. of them have been stripped of that timeless beauty and the new buildings being built are not even close. They're a shadow of a, like the former cathedrals. Um, and I think this is doing a disservice not only to Catholics, but to our communities at large. Uh, we were just in Quebec and it seemed like they have an old Catholic church on every corner. And I was just really struck by how many people were drawn into those places and looking around. We're there midweek and there are just people and they aren't Catholics, but they're drawn in by the very beauty of these churches. And so it is in our best interest for, to fight for the preservation of the history and the culture and the and the art. Um, you know, not only the, do the items in these churches serve a liturgical purpose, they, it serves a much greater purpose to our communities as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that idea too, um, that beauty Uh, is not an instant thing. Like if something is going to be timeless, then that doesn't necessarily mean it happens in a snap or in a flash, right? Because like you think about uh, these people and you talked about the Masons and they sometimes didn't even see the completion of some of these bigger architectural projects, right? But they did it for the joy of serving through beauty. And I... I really love that idea. I love that concept and how we can bring it into our individual lives in serving our our everyday communities that like, we're not necessarily just doing this for the immediate Instagram Pinterest gratification that beauty has much far much more far reaching goals and purpose than sometimes we give it credit for. There's that one quote about motherhood that we we won't see all the rewards of our motherhood, that we're like Moses and creating and reaching for a promised land that we're never going to reach. And so even the very acts of our homemaking um, does set the tone for the future generations, like you were saying. And the other thing I love about those trades, like we were just saying with the stonemasons and that sort of thing, they mastered their skill. And I think that that is something we should take away from that as homemakers as well. They 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 did repetitive, you know, mundane things. They carved the same columns that were for a church Mm. or something. That was their entire life's job. But they did every single one. They gave it as much attention as they gave to the first one. And I think that that is something that we can take from that as homemakers. Mm -hmm. Perseverance and beauty. 
Absolutely. We were also talking about like there was a place for both objective and subjective beauty. And um, I do find, though, looking out into the world, sometimes that line gets kind of muddied. (laughs) But there is still such a thing as objective beauty. So that quote, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think that there is definitely room to consider like personal taste and styles. And that's where I see subjective beauty coming into play. But there's also, um, you know, when we're talking about this, these timeless things that are beautiful that we can consider even in our everyday lives to consider what are those objectively beautiful traits, emotions, feelings um, that you're desiring to bring into your life on a daily basis? And how can you cultivate those? Because I, I really get the sense that that's really two different mindsets. Do you think that is the case? Yeah. And I think that it, what I've noticed is that when I am keeping my house clean, I see the beauty in the ordinary things in my house in a way I can't when it's full of clutter and I'm stressed. So when I walk through a Mm. clean, tidy house, when you see the sunlight coming through, and I'm not even being sappy here. Like I think everybody can agree with me that you'll see pockets of light in the house that you might not notice in other ways. And you walk through and you just see this, this beauty that you wouldn't have noticed unless you're giving attention to it and taking care of your home. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These clean lines. Yeah. And there's there's um lines of sight, right? Or sight lines throughout our yes. homes. I'm a big fan of sight lines. And maybe it was all of my years um, training on visual design at Pier 1 Imports, but we were taught a lot about sight lines. And so in my house, I've carefully cultivated some beautiful sight lines. And I really still appreciate that. And it's one of the first things I notice when I look through a magazine or in people's houses. So there's just such beauty and such simple things in our houses, but we can't see that when we're bogged down with clutter or stress. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to me, a, a non-Pure One Import <laughs> employee, <laughs> someone who very much appreciates design and display, but um, I'm still playing the catch-up game. What mm-hmm. exactly are sight lines that so, you would consider yeah. from a design perspective? Um, so it's if you're standing at one point in the house and you just like literally look down. So it's it's A, the architecture of the structure, but then you can create architecture in a, in a bland space. It's with our houses being more open concept, my house is your house is a little older than mine so it's a little bit more with rooms which is what Mm -hmm. I actually prefer Um, but so like with an open concept house if you look from my front door you can see all the way to the back of my house and so I have purposefully created um, items that either blend into the wall or pop out at the right spots to create so that my eye jumps over pieces and keeps visual interest Um, but it doesn't it doesn't look too stark or jump out at you. Or when I'm sitting, there's a spot where I sit on my son's room floor when we're doing our evening prayers and I can see into the girl's bedroom. And it's just neat how the one decorative wall in the boy's room is opposite the girl's wall and those two walls play off Mm -hmm. each other. And so um, it's just like, wow, when you looked, or there's a sight line again from our bedroom hallway down to our bedroom that it just focuses on a simple chair in the corner, um, you know, with pillows in the little corner. And so it's just where your eye goes. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And we were we were talking like that obviously takes a lot of care and mm-hmm. intention. Yeah. You know, and that's not something that is um necessarily widely practiced specifically focusing on taking care of how your home presents itself. Right? right? right. Um that would be the old concept of um, being house proud. Yes. 
It's, yes. I love that term. And it's not a term that <laughs> yes. most people say anymore unless you're maybe in your 80s no. or 80 at heart like I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, yep, same here. <laughs> right? Put your hand up. Um, yes. So we, I love the term house proud. And I think that we shied away from that for many, many reasons over the last couple of years. But I think part of it is the idea of pride. And when we actually look at it, it has nothing to do with pride. So I think they're actually completely different things. So being house proud, um, this used to be a good thing, but now we've abandoned this concept, believing it to just be archaic, a reminder of the baby boom, um, you know, of, of just the 1950s submissive housewife. But I just, mm-hmm. I challenge everyone to revisit this concept. Um, it, it's not the same thing as being prideful. So Here's a few things of what I think it means to, to be house proud. It's, it's working hard to afford things and not just creating debt. And it's teaching your children to take care of the home and the items in it that cost that hard earned money. And it's finding your own style. You were touching on this earlier and decorating your home in a way that reflects your family and your values and not just being trapped by trends. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you don't have to be trapped down or, you know, tied down by Instagram and Pinterest HGTV. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard Mm -hmm. if you are on social media to um, steer clear from. You're right. Absolutely. I think you should free yourself from that expectation of having a designer home on a non-designer designer budget. And and you don't have the skills as a designer. Very few people do. I don't. You don't. We're not trained designers. So I think Mm -hmm. that when we kind of let go, there's there's great freedom and just accepting our limitations that we're not going to have a magazine perfect life, but that you work within your limitations. And that's what being house proud is. Yeah. And it's uh, even for uh, your lifestyle, your personal style, it's it comes across as more stylish, ironically, mm-hmm. even if you're not within the current trends, if you do what you're comfortable with. Absolutely. And yeah. then people will look at you and say like, oh, well, that's so stylish, even yeah. if it's not the current trend. That's such a, an interesting oxymoron to keep in mind. And we have to remember trends. And I tell everybody this because it's something we never sit down and think about. Trends are carefully manufactured and they're developed on purpose to get you to spend money. So don't be fooled by the current style. Mm. They they If they didn't tell you that the shoes you bought last year aren't in style anymore, you wouldn't go out and buy new shoes. They have to tell you that, oh, that's so last year, whatever it is in your home or that you're wearing. And that is literally a team of people sitting around a table trying to get you to spend more money. So I think that really spending mm. time and asking yourself, what do I like in my house and that I wear? I have dressed the same... <laughs> Oh my goodness! Since 1994, and I'm not, and that's and there are people who've done that in a not good way. We're like, oh man, you need a makeover. But I think for the most part, I've I've kept a core style that I think is very identifiable for me. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I do need a makeover. Somebody can shoot me a message if they think I do. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like I've really identified my style. And while I can add and take away pieces that are slightly trendy, or you know current. Um, I still have a core style in my decorating and on my person. And so I wish everybody would really work to develop that. It's a great feeling. Right. And, you know, like there are a few trends that I I do try to get into. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, if it is not me, I have to give up on them. Yeah. Like this summer, do you remember I was trying to wear hats? <laughs> yes, we had the the hat bring hats. <laughs> and I was trying so hard. I was like, oh, but you don't understand. Like, not only is it trendy but it's Mm. practical like I'm saving my skin and it is like um, hats are always a good thing but specifically those wide brim straw hats oh I gave it my all this summer (laughs) and it just (laughs) I look back on pictures didn't look 
terrible, but I knew looking, I was like, oh, I was really trying. Yeah. Like, yep. And um, yeah, that stands out. Whereas, you know, if I can take a little bit of time to explore and your taste might change, but it definitely won't be as fast as right. the culture, cultural trends are changing. That's and right. once you find something to be able to, like what you said, invest um like not go into debt, um, save up your money because you're not spending as quickly. Uh, and so you're able to afford better quality things that may last a little bit longer. Yeah, definitely. Now back to being timeless in our homes. I have some home decorating tips. Um, and mm-hmm. we just have about four here because so many things are obvious, but here's a few that I've come up with that I think really <laughs> do make an impact in your house. So the first thing mm-hmm. is bright airy and I am still a fan although it is on its way out um, of lots of white and everybody's like how are you <laughs> you have all that white in your house mm-hmm. you've got four kids at home every day and a cat but I feel that white actually cleans very very well so I tend to buy white sheets white towels uh, a lot of white window panels we do a lot of white furniture very crisp white and I feel like on mm-hmm. fabrics you can really clean it immediately as soon as you see a spot it's done it's clean and with white furniture I just love painting it as soon as you see it a quick touch up and it's fine white walls I love white walls with big oversized colorful art I just think it makes if you're on a budget that instantly makes your house look classy um, and Mm -hmm. well well it looks designery I was gonna say well planned out but that's how a designer would do it so big fan of white It's like that um, concept of a blank canvas, Mm -hmm. right? A blank canvas is literally white. Um, (laughs) And then you can change things. And that's how you can um, go with the seasons, different decor for seasons. Or if you are um, changing your style, changing your taste, that makes it so much easier than repainting an entire room. Um, I know I love... I love the look of white, um, but I also really love to go along with that idea of a blank canvas. Um, for me, neutrals in general, and I've really loved dark neutrals. So I'm kind of like the opposite, mm-hmm. the anti, mm-hmm. the anti Lindsay decorating. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're my dark side. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget what side is black in the yin and yang, but I'm that <laughs> okay, one. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but it's also um, easy to hide. It's easy to re- repair as long as it's dark enough. But on the other hand, going along with what you're saying about white, it's I could see it being easier to bleach mm-hmm. your linens and um, as opposed to trying to scrub upholstery like I have um like linen colored couches, yeah, yeah. which is kind of the, the worst of every uh, of every color if you have kids. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. <laughs> um, I, we might do a black bedroom, like fully black. But yeah, like you're saying, it's the same Ooh. idea of a blank canvas. So just picking like, I love the idea of massive contrast too, and either a dark, dark, dark mm-hmm. navy. But I feel like if somebody only had enough money to pick like one paint color for their house, I recommend Ch- uh, Chantilly Lace by Benjamin Moore. And it's just a good solid white. And even living in Canada where over half the year is snow, I thought I would hate seeing the white outside and the white inside. Nope, still love it. I've, I've loved all mm-hmm. our white rooms this whole time. Do you find that um, the natural light plays off really well with the white yes. inside like do you have to turn on your lights as often no. if you have white walls no it's so okay, bright and that. it's so cheerful mm-hmm. and I just absolutely love it it truly feels uplifting and I've had dark rooms in the past and 
again, from a design standpoint, I love them. I love that cozy feeling. But I think if you really are new to this, the easiest option is to go for white. It is harder to decorate with the dark contrast. Um, mm-hmm. So for somebody who is just looking for basic decorating tips, I say just start with the white because it just gives you that that, that overall clean, airy feeling and it's easier to decorate with. Cool. Um, our second point is... Um, Yeah, I was going to say with decorating, you do have to spend money, but you don't have to spend as Mm -hmm. much as you think you have to. So quality is noticeable and cheap does look cheap. And I I hate to say that there are some things you can substitute for them from like the dollar store or Walmart, like wicker baskets (laughs) for storage and stuff. But junk looks like junk. And so I think you have to be really careful at what you're buying and you should spend a little bit more on the things that you love. Find out Mm -hmm. like something because the new dining table we bought, I've loved for six years and it wasn't that expensive. You can get a lot tackier ones for a lot more money. It's from (laughs) StruckTube, which is a great store out of Quebec that we have a few locations in Ontario. The prices are great and the quality, again, having sold furniture for as long as I did, I I know about furniture and the quality is great. Um, But that table is the table I had picked out when we had bought this house before we even moved in and it was stored as a picture on my phone for six years. I didn't stop liking it. And that to me is a mark of that it's timeless, that we love it, that it's my personal style and that I'm not getting swayed by trends. And so I might as well mm-hmm. go ahead and spend the money. And mm-hmm. um, Ollie's example of the wallpaper in our dining room, we get a lot of compliments on that wallpaper. That wallpaper did cost a fortune, but uh, we still love it. We had it hung six years ago. We don't need any art in that room. That wallpaper is the art. Every day that my husband and I walk through that room, we still love that wallpaper. So the things that you really have your heart set on um, and that both you and your husband really, really like, spend the money. Think about it. Save up for it. Because again, I don't believe in going into debt for this. Save up. Get it. And then really think about the things that don't have to, that you don't have to spend the money on. But it does cost a little bit more than you think it does to make your house mm-hmm. look good, but not as much as you think it does. And home sense, we always push home sense. Yes. Yeah. I love walking through home sense and winners. The prices are are so good. And you're right. It's usually very good quality. It is. Yes. In there and unique. Yep. So if you find something that is your taste and style, that could really become like a real conversational piece. Yeah. The third thing then kind of goes off this, it's anchor pieces. So having anchor pieces in your house. And so you start with your focal point, like a television or a fireplace or a TV over a fireplace, which is still being done in the design world. So many people put the TVs way too high. That's a massive pet peeve of mine. Um, So Mm -hmm. if it's going to be too high over your fireplace, please don't do it. Um, But yeah, TVs and fireplaces. So pick your focal point, think about your sight lines. And then another anchor piece is your couches. Um, Ours were cheap. We just but we've had two sets of couches since we bought this house in 2012. The second set that we currently have, we bought at Leon's. I got to plug Leon's because they've been doing a much better job with their contemporary decor. Um, and we bought their maintenance program package that was like an extra $200. And it's mm-hmm. like a six-year warranty on our couches. And they'll replace them or send people wow. to clean them or send us sprays. And they were still, I think, with taxes and all of a sudden done like, probably just over $1,500. Like the price is ridiculous. And we have, those are the mm-hmm. only couches in my house with six of us and they're still in impeccable shape. So take care of what you have. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's what you're saying about um, being house proud, yes. right? Is That's reminiscent of the days we were talking about how when women would lay doilies yes. on other wood furniture to um, underneath the lamps and whatnot to protect the woods so that these things do last yeah. for 
several years or more. Or and this is <laughs> more than several. Here's your uh, Jeopardy word of the day. It's an anti-massacre. And I think I'm saying it right. I'd have to look it up. But it's um, I read a lot of old literature. So I have to look these things up. Yeah. But it's always stuck with me. And it was that either lace or fabric that's where your head goes on a chair and where your arms go on a chair. And it was that decorative piece of fabric yes. or the lace that would protect it from your hair oil in your hands and that kind of thing. Um, so those things are fallen out of style. But you can see that our grandmothers took care of their furniture we just don't do the same and that has contributed to our throwaway culture um which isn't which isn't good right yeah yeah um the next thing is lighting lighting makes a huge difference in your house if you walk into a cookie cutter basic new subdivision house like mine is the first thing i would tell somebody to do is to switch out the lighting get rid of what we call the boob lights that are $15.99 at Home Depot, <laughs> get rid of them and um, go and buy some semi-flush or some beautiful drop shade drum lamp lights. Like when you walk into a room and you see proper lighting and it's big enough, so many people do things that are far too small. Uh, your light should be roughly one third of the room. Actually, when you look at the measurements and if and anyways, there's a whole way to do it, but um, mm -hmm. it should be big enough. It should really be a standout piece. Lighting makes a huge difference. So go bold, have fun with it. Um, the next thing is window covering. So this is another thing I tell people if they're going to only do a few things in their house, having the proper window coverings. I'm still a fan of actual window panels having custom ones done would be amazing but they're very expensive um so having window panels but they have to go floor to ceiling people do you hear me please hang your window panels floor to ceiling in a standard house that's a 96 inch panel and um you want them to just skim the floor nicely it makes your room look huge it's a massive mm -hmm. difference um it's just it's one of the biggest decorating tips that i can give and Likewise, the last thing is art. So get a big enough piece of art. Again, people do very small things hanging on their walls and they do them far too high. So do much bigger and much lower. And if you do those things, lighting, proper art, um, good couches. Oh, and an area rug. Make sure again that you get one that's not too small. A big area rug and it has to go like halfway under the couch legs and halfway up your bed. There's, there's rules for these things. It changes the look of the whole room. And those are your anchor pieces. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can tell that those are um, tips that lead to classic design. So everything else, the, the little finishing touches change among, uh, between design blogs and designers. But those things that you said are common ones that I see. Yeah. Anyways, through the accounts that I follow, especially the hanging up the curtains yeah. one, I know like on, almost on a daily basis, someone on the internet is telling me to hang my curtains. Yes closer to the ceiling it makes a huge so, difference we've yeah. had them both ways and it, you walk into a room and it changes the look of the entire room and i always want to tell people i think in this day and age um I recommend getting off the computer and actually going back to magazines. Treat yourself to a magazine. That business is going mm -hmm. out. And I, I, as a you know writer myself, I really want to push for publishing. Um, but style at home, house and home, they're beautiful magazines. So put the Instagram down every once in a while because everybody does the same designs on Instagram. Oh my goodness, it's the same trends right now. So go get an actual magazine, share them with your friends, make a cup of tea and, and just enjoy that time and look through and start to figure out your own style from those. And you know, another benefit that I could see from going back to magazines mm -hmm. is um, you are more free to make your own opinions. Yes. 
right? You are not influenced by other people's comments on the influencers, right? So yeah, if you think about it online, you're almost getting hit double whammy. Um, And that makes it very, very difficult to distinguish your own voice and your own taste and your own opinion and um, that of the like 2000 people in putting their own opinions on the design. Absolutely. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. And Lindsay, you said you... um, Oh, wait, I don't even know what you were going to say because you kept me in the dark about Uh, your loves this week. (laughs) Well, I have one love and I have one hate. And I... (laughs) I wasn't going to. Oh. I wasn't going Ooh, to make this a dark. negative. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I really wanted to keep this positive because it's our fun way to end it. But there's something that I just really have been struggling with, and I want to reach out to everyone. So, as you know, this has been the year of Lindsay reading the classics. It's reading everything I've downloaded mm-hmm. on my Kindle that I never actually read before. So, as mm-hmm. I'm nearing the end, I thought it was time to read Moby Dick, and I have tried. Oh, I have given it my all, and I. And I've read a lot of classics. I can't do it. I I was by like the 20% finished mark. I was like starting to skim it by 25%. I was like, just couldn't by and then 30 35% now I did lean on a group of homeschool moms and I said have you guys read this like either tell me that it's okay to let a book go like I'm not a quitter Mm -hmm. tell me if it's okay to just move on and enjoy my life again or do you persevere (laughs) and I and my poor husband every night I'm like Jason it's Moby it's Moby Dick time I can't do it I can't and then I said the book Moby Dick has become my Moby Dick like I (laughs) so I have to say I was hating it and I love my reading time every night so let me just say Mm -hmm. two nights ago I just called it quits I just good brought the ship back into port I let it go I'm done with the book so I had to say that that's been dominating a lot of my uh my time and I'm done with Moby Dick I'm angry well, you know what? We're all very invested in your journey through the Thank classics you. this year. And um, your emotion in in how you feel about Moby Dick has really got me, got to me. And I'm relieved that you're relieved. <laughs> I want to know if anybody, if any of our listeners have read it. And so if they can, and I'm not talking yeah. audiobooks. I mean, I could have popped that in my ears and cleaned my house. I'm talking about actually sitting down and reading Moby Dick, like the 20 pages where he just describes different kinds of whales. Have you... Has anybody actually read that book? So let me know. The only, yeah, the only experience I have with Moby Dick is from the movie Matilda. Mm, yep. Do you remember? I haven't seen and it. And she in a reads while. the first line. <laughs> uh, she she just reads the first line because she's just going to read Moby Dick. And now I'm thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, she's so pretentious, yes, Matilda. Of course, yeah. Matilda. <laughs> um, now I am loving something. So let, we'll just end okay. this for me on a positive note. Um, on the positive. So as I continue on with my obsession of Christmas shows on YouTube, and by Christmas shows I mean like cooking and decorating shows on YouTube, um, I have rediscovered the classic Martha Stewart's. I'm talking like late '80s right through to the late '90s, early 2000s, and so. This week, I've been watching one of her Christmas specials that takes place that she does around the 12 days of Christmas. And so each meal she makes or things she decorates with is one of the 12 days of Christmas. And she actually explains the original religious um, symbolism behind each thing. And it's Mm. a great program. And are you familiar with the term ASMR? No, Um, I don't. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, it's auto. It's 
autonomous, autonomous sensory meridian response. And it's this hugely popular thing on YouTube right now where it's like sounds that people make that are quiet that like give you goosebumps. It's a really weird genre subclass <laughs> of videos on YouTube. It's huge, <laughs> huge right now. ASMR. And I realized that that's why Martha Stewart was so darn popular because I'm watching her make her little two turtle doves and gluing like real feathers on everything and you go into a trance you actually go into a martha stewart trance and she's so calm and she's like you want to make sure you find white feathers that are perfectly unspoiled and if you don't have a chicken coop i mean i do of course i have a chicken coop and then she keeps saying it's just typical martha who has all of the proper things ready but you go yes. into an actual trance so martha stewart if you if you're looking up asmr just watch some old classic martha stewart episodes about um um, so they do whole episodes where they redo her whole house, like where it's a full renovation. And these are from the late 80s. And they're really, really cool. And you see the whole mm. process of her renovating, um, you know, traditional houses. So anyways, loving like Martha. HGTV. It is. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Mm -hmm. So what about you? What are you loving? Well, I just finished an audiobook. So um, this book is called Venetia by an author, Georgette hair and hair is spelt h-e-y-e-r i have seen her name floating around for a while on various facebook groups as uh recommendations for when people want books that are light-hearted but not um but still has some meat to it right and so i was like oh it looks regency era mm. i will probably like it so i actually downloaded the audiobook and i listened to it while i was doing some of the some of my chores and errands last week and i really loved it it's kind of a cross between like uh jane austen not as dense as jane austen but uh i mean like several steps above like a romance you would get from the drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's kind of like a, yeah, like a Jane Austen light, mm -hmm. we'll call it. Um, <laughs> Jane Austen light, a new genre alert, <laughs> new genre alert. Um, so Georgette Hare, and she has many, uh, she has quite a lot of titles and I've only listened to the one, but I can highly recommend that. It was uh, the classic strong, uh, smart heroine during that time in England with the estates and the titles and yeah, lots to love oh, there. That's great. And then my second love for the week is with the weather turning colder, a few years ago, my husband gifted me for Christmas an electric heated blanket. Mm -hmm. And it's like those full size ones. And I just want to say I've had conversations with a couple of people over the last couple of weeks, how we're trying to go to bed earlier, but getting over that hump to like get ready for bed especially if you're sitting on the couch and you've been watching a show or you've been reading a book to make that uh, transition is so difficult in the winter when it's cold. But what I do is I just stick that electrical heated blanket under my bed sheets when I make my bed in the morning. And so as I walk past it to brush my teeth, I click it on high. And then when I crawl into bed, it's all warm and the sheets are warm. So there's a little winter living hack for you and something to put on your Christmas list. Perfect, that sounds great. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week, Lindsay. Where can people find us? Well, you can find us on Facebook. And if you do, you'll see a lot more of our uh, live videos coming up. We plan on doing more for all of the things we just can't, you know, get into these podcasts. So please follow us on Facebook at The Modern Lady Podcast. That's the same name on Instagram as well, The Modern Lady Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Linny Autumn. And Michelle is at MM Sachs. And that's S-A-C-H-S. 
And we wanted to thank you once again for tuning in today. Thank you so much for leaving a rating and a review on iTunes if you've done so. We're up to nine five-star ratings, Lindsay. That's what it was this morning, I think. Um, And so we just really appreciate all of you taking the time to not only listen, but to chat with us and to converse with us. And we've been having a blast. And um, yeah, thanks so much, everyone. Have a great week.